Welcome to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan Vandenhubel, and I am honored to be your host each and every week. This is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, that allows me to connect with women in the online space. You can learn more about me and my ministry at www.sherisesmn.org or simply tap the link in the show notes. But for now, let's dive into this week's episode. Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the show. I am starting, or actually I've been in the middle of a mini-series here that, that we've really been focusing on our identity in Christ. And, you know, I said in the onset that this is not going to be an exhaustive list of, uh, of the pieces of your identity in Christ because it's really quite long <laughs> and we could be here for the rest of the year just really covering all of these different pieces and probably even into 2023 but these are really some of the most common ones that that I I hear from uh, women just really wanting to have just a, a deeper understanding and being able to really apply these specific ones to their lives. And so I started this episode or this series probably, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, but this week I want to focus on living as an accepted person, a child of God, because here's the thing. He, Jesus Christ has, has accepted you and God has accepted you. And when he went to the cross, when Jesus went to the cross, he bore your rejection. So, um, long before anyone had a chance to reject you, God accepted you because when Jesus went, like I said, when Jesus went to the cross, he bore your rejection. So you and I, we we don't have to live our lives as rejected people, even though we may experience the pain of rejection in this life. We don't have to live as rejected people. Ephesians chapter one and verse six says that he has made us accepted in the beloved. He, being God, has made us accepted in the beloved. And, you know, if you go back to, I think it was maybe maybe the first episode that I did in this mini-series, I talked about the difference between like an orphan spirit versus living as a beloved child of God and just the really clear distinctiveness in, in those, two, those two narratives that we are living in. And God created you to live as a beloved child of God. He promises in, in the scriptures that I will not leave you as orphans. So it is not God's heart for you and me to live as, you know, as, as people who are, are living as, you know, orphaned type spirits, spirits where, where we are, you know, like an orphaned heart where we don't belong, where we, we, we are walking through life feeling unloved and, and, and rejected and, you know, and all these different things when that is not God's heart for you. That's not how he sees you. And that is not what Jesus gave his life for. Uh, I think that, I think that accepted and another piece of your identity in Christ as chosen are really close cousins 
because they offer similar truths. And so while this episode is focusing on living as accepted, not rejected, I think that you can apply a lot of what we're talking about in this week's episode as living as someone who has been chosen. First Peter tells us that we are a chosen generation, that that God has chosen you. And so when you think about that, you know, thinking about God has not set you aside, he has set you apart. See, those are two different things. Setting us aside really kind of gives us the picture that there's something fundamentally wrong with us and we are so flawed and so imperfect that we were kind of set aside and that God has chosen something better, right? Something that is a little bit more perfected, um, something that is maybe just kind of edges us out a little bit. So he has set us aside when that is, that is a lie that is not supported biblically. Whereas he has set us apart. What does that mean? He has set us apart for, for his glory He has set us apart as his workmanship to bring him glory in the world. And we do that through, you know, living out our purpose on the earth, which is, you know, first uh, uh, knowing him is our greatest purpose is having a relationship with him and then making him known in the world. And so I'm actually going to be talking about that next week, living, living on purpose, you know, that we were created on purpose for a purpose. So come back next week because we're going to talk about that piece of your identity in Christ. But I think that I think that if we if we can really begin to understand that rather than allowing someone's rejection of us to become our identity, we can reframe it to see the the potential lying in rejection. And I I want to repeat that because I think that for so many of us that really can kind of make our our minds go tilt 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 wait what did you say that rejection actually has potential because i'm currently walking through potential or i'm currently walking through rejection right now and um it's really painful and this doesn't feel good and i really don't see any potential here and it's not lost on me that maybe someone is listening today and you are walking through the pain of rejection right now. And it is brutal. Faith, faith isn't denying reality. We're not putting our heads in the sand and and acting like rejection isn't painful because it is painful. It is really brutal. And it rejection has a way of, of just kind of like cutting us to the core. It, it just really brings a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and it, it can create a lot of woundedness and brokenness on the inside of us. And, you know, you might be even thinking, listen, I'm about to turn you off because you don't understand what I've been through and what I'm currently going through. Can I encourage you to just hang with me here for um, just a few minutes on this week's episode? Because I really do understand the pain and the pain of rejection and just how deep that it can cut us. If you are new to me, you're new to this corner of the internet, new to being around She Rises, can I humbly humbly encourage you to maybe order yourself a, a few of the books that I've written? I really kind of open up about my own pain of rejection, specifically in the last book that I wrote, Her Heart is Free, 
I devoted a whole chapter <laughs> on overcoming the pain of rejection. So um, I'm not trying to dismiss anyone else's experience or the pain that they're walking through. But what I do want to champion people forward in is that we don't have to stay rejected. We don't have to stay in that place of pain and brokenness because Jesus already bore our pain. Jesus already bore our our brokenness. He already uh, bore our wounds. He already bore our rejection. And so because of him, we can rise and overcome rejection, not in our own sufficiency, but in his. And we can choose to live our lives from a place of being accepted, even though we have experienced rejection in our lives and even, you know, in, in, in our future when we maybe will experience it again because we're living in an imperfect world with imperfect people. So, you know, it, it is really kind of putting our heads in the sand and denying the truth that we will experience rejection in this life. But the good news is there's always good news, right? The good news is that there is hope and there is victory and there is truth. And that is what I'm here to champion you forward in, that you don't have to live your life as a rejected person. So rather than allowing someone else's rejection of you to become your identity, we can choose to reframe it and see the potential lying in rejection. I'm not going to get into... Uh, and spend a whole lot of time in in the difference between identifying with the pain of rejection and allowing it to become our identity because I I really kind of dove into that and did a much deeper teaching on that last week. So um, I, I would encourage you if you missed last week to uh, tune in to last week's where I really kind of differentiate and draw the lines between identifying with the pain of rejection and it becoming our identity because rejection is not who you are. Rejected is not who you are. Accepted is who you are. If we don't heal from our past experiences of rejection, it will become our identity and we will live as a rejected person. So even though what happened to us as you know, and we're talking about rejection here, no matter what our experience is, in, in that regard and how that has, you know, kind of wounded us, that might not be our fault, but it is our responsibility to heal from it. And so I want to encourage you that you can heal from the pain of rejection. You can heal and rise whole and victorious and accepted from that place of, of, of rejection because of God. Because he has overcome it and he has made a way for you to, to live as a healed person. And so if you are in a place of rejection and just kind of feeling just the, you know, the, the pain of that, Jesus wants to lead you out of that to a place of, of living from a place of, 
of being an accepted person. So if we, you know, if we think about living as a rejected individual, and that is rather than identifying with it, and and instead we're living as an identity, like we're kind of wearing it as a part of our identity that I am a rejected person. We're fooling ourselves if we think that it's only just within us because the pain is on the inside of us doesn't mean that it won't have a ripple effect and affect other areas of our lives because it does. It will, it will affect our relationship with God because, because it it will, it will limit our, how we pray for, for example, because, you know, we kind of, we kind of feel like, I don't know if God is really for me. And so I don't know, I, you know, I'm just going to not, I'm going to pray safe prayers. You know, that's a really good way to describe it. I'm going to pray safe prayers instead of taking a risk and daring to believe and pray bold and daring prayers of faith and believe that my God can really move mountains in my life and bring change and bring reconciliation and healing and wholeness and whatever else it is. And so I'm just going to kind of hold back a little bit. And I think that even if we're living as rejected individuals, we we really don't give our whole selves in our relationship with God because we're filtering our uh, we're filtering our relationship with him through past experiences that we have not healed from and so we kind of hold ourselves back because we think you know that somehow he's going to be just like everybody else that I have been rejected by and experienced rejection through and so I'm going to kind of hold myself back because I don't want to be hurt like that again when you know I mean he is for you <laughs> and he he's not going to reject you I think that it's really important to understand that one of the most toxic relationships that we can have is the one that we have with ourselves. And I, you know, I'm reading a little portion of my book, Her Heart is Free, taken from that chapter on rejection. And I write this, one of the most toxic relationships I've had to end was the one I had with myself. Allow that to sink in. When we reject ourselves because we don't understand that we are image bearers of creator God, we don't appreciate how he created us and we don't love ourselves well. That is a clear indicator that we are in a toxic relationship with ourselves. Forget everyone else. How is the relationship you have with yourself? How do you talk about yourself? How do you talk to yourself? How do you feel when you see your image looking back at you in the mirror? How do you think about your life, your future? Are the words you use to describe yourself and repeat to yourself under your breath words you would say to someone that you love? Loving yourself well is thinking and talking about yourself the way you would about your daughter or a good friend. When we are living as rejected people, we actually think that we are beating others to it, which will make their rejection of us somehow less of a blow. If we don't have a healthy relationship with ourselves, we usually say something that is degrading about our appearance or some aspect of who we are. Just because someone has made you feel unloved doesn't mean you are unlovable. I know their rejection was hurtful, and for that, I am truly sorry. I am sorry if, because of whatever has happened in your life, someone made you think that you are hard to love. Their opinion, 
is not the truth, you may want to hit replay and listen to that portion again. Listen, if if you look at who God is, we see that there's no rejection in who God is, right? God isn't rejecting himself, right? He's he's not a, a rejected God. <laughs> so if, if rejection isn't a part of like the attributes of God, for example, a part of who God is, well, then that isn't who you are because everything ends, begins and ends in who he is. Another area of our lives that it's going to affect is the relationship that we have with ourselves. Again, it goes back to what I, what I really kind of dove into in greater length last week, identifying with and it becoming our identity. If, if you're living as a, as a rejected person, it is going to affect the relationship that you have with yourself because the narrative, again, I'm reading from, from my book, this, this little portion here, the narrative that is on replay in our minds that we have been overlooked and passed over so many other times by people we thought would have seen us often prevents us from stepping up. I just want to push pause there, you know, uh, from my reading. And I, I want to interject a question to you. If you are living, if you and I are living as rejected people, man, what what have we allowed? What have we allowed that to influence how we respond to things and how, how we uh, respond to invitations? What have we said no to when it was a beautiful opportunity given to us from God because we were living as rejected individuals. Uh, again, I'm just picking up the reading here. We agree with the narrative because it has perhaps been such a big piece of our story. And when we are overlooked and passed over, it confirms the narrative that we have believed for so long that we are rejected. In other words, we must, it must be true because everyone rejects me. Allow me to challenge that thought. Who is everyone? When we say everyone, we are making a generalized statement, lumping all people into that category. And with that, live our lives rejecting ourselves because everyone else does. Only it doesn't end there. It's a much deeper issue than the thoughts we're thinking. As with every other area we're talking about in this book, it's a heart condition. When you and I reject ourselves, essentially what we are rejecting is the person God has created. You've probably heard of the creation story, at least to some degree. The creation story is when God created the world and the things in it, and you are one of those creations. Look that up in Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. Think of that. Creator God of all things good created you in his image. You are an image bearer. It isn't something that you have. It's something that you are. That is who you are. It's part of your identity. Of course, we know sin entered the world in the Garden of Eden. And with that, every person born into the world is born with a sinful nature. However, that sinful nature doesn't take away our worth and human beings created in God's very image. If it did, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to redeem all of humanity. And, you know, like I said last week, is there anything greater than what Jesus has accomplished for you? Is there anything? And, and man, when we think about 
Rejection is rejection, even though it's so incredibly painful and brutal, is that greater than what Jesus has provided for us. The work that Jesus did on the cross is is that greater than the pain of rejection or is 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 the pain of rejection greater than what Jesus did on the cross for us. Man, there is nothing. There is nothing that can outrank and be greater than what Jesus has done for us on the cross. The other area that rejection, if we're living as rejected individuals, affects is our relationship with others. Because similar to our relationship with God, we also see this in that we don't give our whole selves in relationship with other people because we are filtering it through we're, we're filtering our relationship with other people through unhealed experiences that we've had in the past and been rejected from and so we think I'm just going to hold myself back because we've lumped we've lumped everyone into into that category that Everyone always rejects me. And so I I just feel like it's it's better, it's safer, and it's better for me to just live my life alone and not let anyone in, not let anyone close, not have any friends, not not do anything, not join the life group at church, or not be a part of that group over there, or not accept that invitation to go out to lunch with you know, these friends. And I always say no, even though on the inside, everything is screaming, yes, I want to go because I really do want to be in relationship with other people. But I don't know, they they might reject me somewhere down the road. So I'm just going to live my life alone. That is not God's heart for you. And so that, that really is telling us that we're living as uh, rejected individuals. In other words, it's become our identity rather than identifying with rejection. Now maybe, uh, again, I'm reading from taking up another portion of, of that chapter in my book. Now may be a great time to stop focusing on the people who have rejected you and trying to understand it and begin focusing on the people in your life who are cheering for you. You may never understand why someone has rejected you. Are you willing to continue spending your energy trying? There are some people in my life I've had to do just that. Stop expending energy in trying to understand. When you and I continue to spend precious time and energy on that, we are not living to our fullest potential. Uh, and if you have not read this book, I refer to I refer to young David. You know, you, you might be familiar with him in the Bible, the shepherd boy David, who is anointed and becomes king of Israel. I am really pulling a lot of things from his life and in my book. And so when you hear me referring to David, that's who I'm who I'm referring to. So returning to the reading, think of David. If he had spent day after day in the field trying to understand better the rejection he experienced at the hands of his own family, he would have missed being prepared for what God had prepared for him. That day, David called him in from the field and anointed him by the prophet Samuel. Had he rejected himself because everyone else had, he would have missed one of the greatest moments in his life. God had a plan for David's life and David 
And had David been living a life of rejection, that very rejection would have kept him from showing up in his own life. David could have stayed in the field, but he answered God's invitation to his life. And, and again, I just really want to emphasize again that if we are living as rejected people, we will, we will miss out on some really great opportunities, not only for you know the plan that God has for our lives, but some really great opportunities to be in some really great and healthy relationships because we have not healed from from the wound and the pain of rejection and we're filtering life through that unhealed pain. So how do we reframe, um, how do we begin to reframe rejection? And so, I mean, I could do a whole episode just on reframing just that piece, but these are, these are a few of the, uh, the main ones that I would encourage you in this week. So maybe their rejection of you was actually God's protection of you. Have you thought about that? Maybe their rejection of you was actually God's protection of you. Think about maybe maybe you have applied for a job, for example, and you know you read the job description um, and it you know you maybe know about the company you you, you they kind of have a really great reputation you know you you know that they they're, they're established they've been around for a while they have great benefits the the pay looks great the job description man this is just everything I have been looking for and the the skills the prerequisite the skills really lines up with everything I have I have the skill set. I'm going to apply for this job. This is going to be it. Only they don't even call you for an interview. They don't even respond to receiving your resume. Well, if we are, if we're living as rejected people, we will take that as they're just rejecting me. See, they're like everyone else and they're just, they're just rejecting me. And we will even take it as God is somehow rejecting me or rejecting my prayers. See how we kind of we it kind of affects every area of our lives. When really, when we understand that God is for us and that He only wants good things for our lives, and and that we are living from that place of of acceptance in in Christ, we understand that you know what. While all of that looked really great and it seemed like a really good fit for me. I trust God that he sees things I don't. And so while it looked really great to me, he knows what's lying on the other side of that opportunity. And so I'm going to trust that he was protecting me from something, something that I I maybe wouldn't have been aware of until I, you know, got my foot in the door and accepted a position if I kind of just pushed my way through it, you know, and and made the opportunity happen because there's an angle of that to kind of just making it. I'm forcing my will here instead of trusting God. And we get into something and we realize, whoa, I did not see this. And uh, I really wish I could walk this decision back because now I'm in something that I don't want to be a part of. And had I listened to God and not really kind of forced my way into this, I wouldn't be in this situation now and see how that just kind of affects different things. So yeah, I mean, 
just understand that if God doesn't uh, open a door for you or if an opportunity doesn't come your way, that it's it's for your best interest that it's that God's heart is for you and he sees something and that you don't that would not be good for you okay so the second thing uh second way second tip uh to help reframe rejection is maybe a relationship sort of fizzled because where God is taking you he knows they wouldn't be real supportive or encouraging for you because here's the truth sometimes sometimes when God is wanting to take us further um you know we're just really running after God we're just really pursuing him and you know we're just really seeing a lot of victory in our lives because we're working through things and um, just really going hard after the Lord our roots are going deeper sometimes sometimes relationships sort of fizzle because you know uh, certain relationships maybe don't want to be all in some relationships uh, in their relationship with the Lord they're kind of content with where they are and they're not really interested in in further growing they're just kind of interested in just, I'm, I'm content with this. And so where God is taking you, sometimes, uh, sometimes people can't go with you all the way and, and that's okay. That that's okay. You know, it's, it's just kind of a part of, a part of living life and continue to love people well, continue to care for people, but live for an audience of one and trust that God knows who needs to be in your life at any given time. All right. The third tip is, I think that even in my own life, that when when I uh, was just you know many years ago walking through my own pain and the root of rejection, I think that one of the greatest things in in me walking through that is developing and deepening my relationship with God. And here's what I mean by that: it pushed me to Him. It, it pushed me to him because I, I realized what, you know, what Peter said in response to Jesus's question, when, when Jesus posed this question to, to Peter, do you also want to leave? Because Jesus had, you know, given a message and some people didn't agree. And so they kind of left. Well, well, he, you know, he says to Peter, do you also want to go? And Peter responds and he says, Lord, to whom shall I go? For you have the words of eternal life. And so I think that, you know, for me, I really understood that it, it pushed me to him. And that was a really good thing because he wanted my relationship with him to be the most important where back in, you know, all those years ago, I was playing a greater, putting a, a greater emphasis and importance and priority on earthly relationships and not him. And so he was maybe you know, down a few rungs, if you will. Whereas, you know, God wants to be our number one. God wants us to be, God, God wants to be not a priority in our lives. He wants to be the priority in our lives. And when it comes to relationships, the most important one in our lives, because here's the thing, here's the thing. No one has ever wanted you more than Jesus has wanted you. Isn't that incredible? No one has ever wanted you more than Jesus has wanted you. And so I think that for me, I, I am able to, even though 
the pain of rejection was so difficult. I felt like shrapnel had just exploded in my soul and I was walking around with just you know, pieces of, of shrapnel that, you know, were labeled with pain, just broken in my life. And so even though that was so incredibly painful, uh, you know, I now can reframe it and say, thank you, God, that there was blessing in you, God, there is potential in rejection. In other words, there's blessing in brokenness because it allowed me to go deeper in my relationship with you and really understand God who you are and then from there really begin to understand who I am in you and then begin to apply that to my life and walk that out walk in that truth walk in that freedom walk in that wholeness in my life and so now when I experience rejection, whether it be through earthly relationships or, you know, even ministry type related, it doesn't really knock me down into, you know, kind of spiraling downward and, and just in that pit. And, you know, I'm able to kind of do, do what the Bible tells us and and really kind of lay hold of that and say, no, no, no. Yes. I feel rejected. Again, identifying with, Yes, that that hurt and I I feel rejected, but that's not who I am and I I choose you God. I choose your truth. Okay, so remember that last week I mentioned a list of verses that I used to read out loud over myself. Uh so I I wanted to I wanted to just kind of provide a free resource for you to have and to use. And so it's it's just kind of a a you know, a list of, of different pieces of your identity in Christ uh, that you can have as a free resource for yourself. You can click the link in the show notes or visit www.sherisesmn.org and it is under the resources tab and click free resource and you can download it. It's free. You can have it in your hands. You can download it as many times as you want to share with your life group or your sister, your mom, your neighbor, whomever, but you can just really begin to look at more more pieces of your identity in Christ that I'm just not going to have the ability to cover in this in this podcast but you can have them in your hand and corresponding scripture verses for you to maybe even do your own personal bible study or you know maybe invite a friend over or maybe just have a you know a little group study in your, in your home and you you go through them but anyway a free resource to you take advantage of it it's there it's for you enjoy be blessed so i just wanted to provide that for you but next week like i said we're going to talk about um, living on purpose for a purpose that God has has placed a calling upon your life, that there is potential lying on the inside of you, that there are God-given gifts and God-given potential on the inside of you. So 
Come back next week. We're going to cover that. And then uh, we're going to be diving into the sessions from the She Rises Women's Conference that was held in the middle of May. So that's coming up here in June as well. But take care. Have a great rest of your week. I love you. I'm believing in you and for you. And remember that God could never love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me this week. It was great connecting with you. Hey, would you do me a quick favor that would mean the world to me? Would you go ahead and leave a few stars and a review or even a comment? It not only means so much to me, but in the online space and the podcasting world, the more stars, reviews, and comments that a podcast receives, the further the reach. It ranks up a little bit higher in Google searches, which then results in reaching more women with this amazing content. So if you are blessed and enjoying, you know, just the content that you are hearing here on the podcast, would you go ahead and leave a few stars, a review, and some comments? It means the world to me. Thank you so much, and I'll catch you right back here, same place, same time, next week.